Welcome to episode 157 of the Fredcast Cycling Podcast for May 24th, 2010. My name is David, and I'm a Fred. On this episode of the Fredcast, a recap of the 2010 Amgen Tour of California as the Pro Peloton made its way from Nevada City in the north to Thousand Oaks in the south. We'll take you through every stage, including a detailed recap of the final stage eight, and bring you interviews with some of the people who made the Amgen Tour of California exciting in 2010. Plus, at the end of the show, a little bit of Podsafe cycling music. So sit back, relax, and if you're riding your bike, hammer just a little bit harder, because here comes the Fredcast. Hey, fellow Freds, welcome back to another episode of the Fredcast, and this episode of the Fredcast is sponsored by Keen Footwear. Well, we've talked about shoes, talked about bags, well, there's one more thing we've got to talk about, and that is Keen's socks, because I got myself a pair of these socks, and they've got some very unique features, starting with, when was the last time you had a pair of socks that came in right and left. As a matter of fact, Keen believes that your footwear should be engineered appropriately, and that includes your socks. And in order to get them to fit, they've got to be a right and a left, just like your shoes. This provides you with the best possible fit to make sure that your socks don't become a pressure point for you while you ride. And speaking of pressure points, you're going to find that there is cushioning right where you need it, right in the forefoot, on the ball of your foot, right where you're going to pedal. And that, coupled with strategic placement of merino wool, means that you're going to have a breathable and comfortable sock, whether you are tooling around town on your commuter bike, whether you are mountain biking, or you're off on a tough, long road ride. I have found that these socks are extremely comfortable. As a matter of fact, I wore them uh, on Saturday uh, during the downtown LA time trial at the Amgen Tour of California. I was doing a ton of walking back and forth, and I was extremely comfortable in my Keen Springwater Low-Cut Tab Ultralight Socks. Uh, these socks retail for $15.95, and you will find more details about those by going to www.thefredcast.com and clicking on the Keen link. We sincerely appreciate Keen for their sponsorship of the Fredcast, and we thank you for your support of Keen. Now, let's get to the show. Over the last week plus, we have covered the 2010 Amgen Tour of California from Nevada City down to Thousand Oaks. And I have to be honest with you, I'm having a little bit of a letdown today. After a week of, well, for the most part, glorious weather and for every day, phenomenal racing, I have to admit, I miss the circus. It has been a great week, and I am going to bring you up to date on exactly what happened at this year's 2010 Amgen Tour of California. And to do that, we're going to talk a little bit about how we got to the final stage eight, which was a circuit through Thousand Oaks, Westlake, and Agura Hills, California, up the 
challenging rock store climb and Mulholland Highway down a very fast and twisty descent and then doing it all again a total of four times. Going into stage eight, it was a tight race, and as Dave Zabriskie commented at the end of stage seven, the downtown time trial, the individual time trial in downtown Los Angeles, Dave Zabriskie saying essentially it ain't over until it's over, and he was absolutely right because what we saw on stage eight was what race announcer Dave Toll calls the gladiators of the road, and it was a battle indeed. Now, going into stage eight, the general classification still had Michael Rogers from Australia and HTC Columbia sitting in first place in the general classification at 29 hours, 46 minutes, and 6 seconds. The aforementioned Dave Zabriskie from the Garmin squad was just 9 seconds back and three-time defending Tour of California champion Levi Leipheimer from Team Radio Shack was in third place. 25 seconds back. In fourth place, Jens Voigt from Team Saxo Bank and Rory Sutherland from United Healthcare, presented by Maxis, was in fifth. Chris Horner from Team Radio Shack was in sixth. In seventh, a phenom of the 2010 Amgen Tour of California, Peter Sagan from Licky Gas. In eighth, Dave Zabriskie's teammates, Ryder Hedgedahl, in ninth. Levi Leipheimer's teammate, Janich Brakovic, and in 10th place, Ryder Hedgedahl and Dave Zabriskie's teammate, Tommy Danielson, and he was sitting at 2 minutes, 21 seconds back. Well, it's entirely possible that there are those of you out there who may not have been listening to the entire Daily Tour podcasts during the 2010 Amgen Tour of California, so let's just take a couple of minutes to recap how we got here. This all began last Sunday, May 16th, in Nevada City, California, with a 104-mile stage from Nevada City to Sacramento, which was, you will recall, one by Mark Cavendish from Team HTC Columbia, making it look very easy at the end as he pipped J.J. Hiedo from Saxo Bank at the line, showing why Mark Cavendish is widely regarded as the fastest man in the world, at least on a bicycle. Stage two on Monday was a 110-mile stage from Davis, that famed bicycle town in Northern California, to Santa Rosa, the home of defending champion Levi Leipheimer. And it just seems like every time the Amgen Tour of California heads into Santa Rosa, the roads are wet and it is rainy and cold for the entire stage, and that's exactly what happened, despite the fact that race organizers had hoped to avoid inclement weather when they moved the race from February to May, conflicting with the Giro d'Italia. Mark Cavendish went into the stage in the golden leader's jersey of the 2010 Amgen Tour of California, but at the line, it was Brett Lancaster from Cervelo Test who took the victory with Peter Sagan from Team Likigas hot on his heels, and in third place was Lars Boom from Robobank. At that point, Lancaster took over in the golden leader's jersey, and Peter Sagan was four seconds back in second place, and Carl Menzies from United Healthcare, presented by Maxis, was in third in the same time.
The sun came out for Stage 3 on Tuesday, May 18th, as the riders went from San Francisco to Santa Cruz. A bit of drizzle along the way, but by the time they reached the finish in Santa Cruz, the sun was out, and it was an exciting finish indeed. On the way to Santa Cruz, the riders had to summit the Bonnie Dune Climb, famed for last year's work by Levi Leipheimer that catapulted him into the Golden Leaders jersey that he never gave up all the way to the final stage of the 2009 Tour of California. This time, Levi Leipheimer did make a move on Bonnie Dune. So did Michael Rogers from HTC Columbia. And so did Dave Zabriskie from Garmin Transitions. Now, Andy Schleck from Saxo Bank initially looked like he was going to make the cut as well, but it was those three who made it up and over Bonnie Dune and to the finish line with Dave Zabriskie taking the stage win, followed by Michael Rogers and Levi Leipheimer. That victory catapulted Dave Zabriskie into the Golden Leaders jersey with Michael Rogers four seconds back and Levi Leipheimer six seconds back. Stage four on Wednesday was a 121.5-mile kick from San Jose to Modesto, and it began with the difficult Sierra Road climb just eight miles past the starting line. At the end of the day, despite a break that went away that was caught just before the finish, it was a day for the sprinters, this time the stage being taken by Francesco Cicci from Team Likigas, second place going to J.J. Hayedo of Saxobank, and third going to HTC Columbia's Mark Cavendish. As a result of that finish, however, Dave Zabriskie from Garmin Transitions retained the Golden Leaders jersey, Michael Rogers staying in second place four seconds back, and Levi Leipheimer still in third six seconds back of Dave Zabriskie from Garmin Transitions. Stage 5 on Thursday went from Visalia to Bakersfield over 121.5 miles, and this one ended in yet another sprint finish as Dave Zabriskie started the lead out and unfortunately started too soon, and it was the young gun Peter Sagan in the white jersey of the best young rider so far of the 2010 Amgen Tour of California coming across the line first. And as has been noted by many, it was a double loss by Zabriskie. Not only did he lose the stage, but in doing so, he also lost the Golden Leaders jersey. First place across the line was Peter Sagan. Second was Mick Rogers from Team HTC Columbia, followed by Dave Zabriskie and Chris Horner. And at the end of the day, it was Michael Rogers who took over the Golden Leaders jersey of the Amgen Tour of California with Dave Zabriskie and Levi Leipheimer right behind him on the GC. Stage six on Friday was the Queen stage from Palmdale to Big Bear Lake, originally scheduled to go from Pasadena to Big Bear Lake. Unfortunately, road conditions kept the race away from Pasadena, moved it to the Antelope Valley, and it was a tough stage indeed with seven King of the Mountain climbs, two intermediate sprints, and that second sprint looked like the toughest climb of the day as we drove up that climb I mean, it just looked like a wall that was completely vertical in front of us. Very, very tough day indeed at 135.3 miles. 
After the seventh King of the Mountain climb, there was a relatively flat, although slightly rolling section around Big Bear Lake, and then an uphill into the headwind finish right at the Snow Summit ski area. The day included more than 12,000 feet of climbing. Friday began with a break very early in the day that included some cycling luminaries, including U.S. national champion George Hincapie from BMC, Carlos Barreto from Quickstep, Andy Schleck from Team Saxo Bank, Jason McCartney from Team Radio Shack, Steph Clement from Rabobank, and Jacob Fuglesong, Andy Schleck's teammate from Saxo Bank. We watched that break all day long with both George Hincapie and Andy Schleck looking very strong, seeming to work together most of the day as I watched them go past time after time. It seemed like either Hincapie was in front of of, uh, Andy or Andy was in front of George. They seemed to be working very, very well together. Hincapie tested the group just After that intermediate sprint I was talking about earlier in Crestline, California, seeming to try to go off on a flyer and solo to victory, he was eventually brought back. Andy Schleck spit out the back of the break. But with less than 25 kilometers to go, Hincapie's group was brought back. And despite attacks by Mark DeMar, the end of the day, it ended up in a bunch sprint at the line in Big Bear, once again, a stage being won by Peter Sagan from Team Likigas. Second across the line, Rory Sutherland, followed by Mick Rogers and then Levi Leipheimer. And it was Michael Rogers who retained the Golden Leaders jersey in Big Bear. Dave Zabriskie still in second place, four seconds back. Peter Sagan in third, nine seconds back. Levi Leipheimer back in fourth, 14 seconds back. And Rory Sutherland in fifth, 29 seconds behind Michael Rogers. Stage seven on Saturday was set as the battle of three world-class time trialers. Michael Rogers, Levi Leipheimer, and Dave Zabriskie. And going into the stage, there was no way of knowing which of those three was going to end up in the golden leader's jersey of the 2010 Amgen Tour of California by the time the day was done. It was a 21-mile, two-lap circuit around closed roads in sunny Southern California, around downtown LA, that saw the Staples Center, L.A. Live, the L.A. Coliseum, the University of Southern California, City Hall, Disney Concert Hall, just all of the sites of downtown L.A., and it was a battle indeed. At the end of the day, however, the stage was won by HTC Columbia's Tony Martin, second place in a phenomenal ride, going to Michael Rogers, Tony Martin's teammate from HTC Columbia, allowing Rogers to hold on to the Golden Leaders jersey of this year's event. Third place going to Dave Zabriskie, who could not hide his disappointment as he mounted the third place step for the day on the podium on the main stage in front of LA Live. Tony Martin's time was 41-41, Michael Rogers 42-03, Zabriskie 42-08, Levi Leipheimer 42-14, and Jens Voigt 
extremely respectable fifth place in 43-13. So at the end of the day, Michael Rogers retaining the leader's jersey, Dave Zabriskie just nine seconds back, sending a quote to the final press conference in downtown L.A. saying, it ain't over until the fat lady sings. Levi Leipheimer was in third place at that point. He was 25 seconds back, Jens Voigt a minute 12 back, and Rory Sutherland 126 back. And that set the stage for Sunday, which many people felt was going to be a celebratory parade route for whoever was holding the leader's jersey at that point, but with Zabriskie trying desperately to gain back that leader's jersey and hold on to it till the end, Levi Leipheimer trying to do the same. Michael Rogers had to do whatever he could to mark those GC guys, stay with them, and protect the jersey at all costs. Now, before Stage 8, JT from Bicycle.net had the opportunity to speak with Rolf Aldock from HTC Columbia. Here's what he had to say about the team's strategy heading into this very important final stage. You, we know that Radio Shack, we know that Garmin's going to be throwing everything on these climbs, trying to bust these guys. What do you tell these guys in the bus to prepare them, to keep them uh, ready to, to, to counter those attacks and, and make sure you preserve the uh, eight or nine seconds that Mick has this morning? Well, it's basically hang on, you know. It's basically like uh, don't let them go away uh, because if you look at it, we're still in a better position. Yeah, they might attack it, but... You know, we are still nine seconds ahead, so it's not huge. For sure, we cannot let anybody really go away, um, especially not Zabriskie or Leipheimer. But it's there. We have an advantage. And the guys showed yesterday they are strong, and the whole peloton is a little bit tired now. So, you know, let's see who's really able to do something. And I think they should be confident, our guys. And uh, for sure, we're nervous. For sure, you know, a lot of things can happen, and we have to... I mean, we have to see this world-class athletes. Leipheimer won that thing here three times, and he, for sure he's not going to give up that easy. Um, and so Sabrisky really focused on that race. So we will wait and see, but uh, we have our chances, and for now we have the yellow jersey, so it gives us a solid position. You know, yesterday, or two days ago, on the Big Bear Climb, um, Tony was on the front, Tony Martin was on the front all day. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like he pulled and pulled up. He was up there all day. And the fact that he can recover from that and win the time trial. He certainly has the ability to do it, but after that kind of effort, were you guys surprised that he actually was that good yesterday? Uh, winning by, by more than by 22 seconds over his teammate, uh, that was really, really huge what he has done. That he could win it, that was, that was clear. I mean, Tony is that guy. We, we count on him over time for, to ride GC in a big tour. And then he has to recover and he has to be able to give it a full pull. Um, I think it was the day before he was just like super happy with the situation. Big roads, huge climbs, and he loves it. And he loves it and he could ride his tempo and he sees everybody suffering. And, and you know, he could bring back the attacks and that's where he got this motivation from. So, uh, you know, after that, uh, that stage two days ago, he said like, oh, that was such a great stage. And I think he was really one of the few ones who said that. And uh, it was... I had the feeling, you know, it was not for him to cover like individual riders and say, hey, you have to stay with him, you have to stay with him. He could do his race, he could be a good teammate for Mick Rogers, and I think uh, mentally it was a big relief for him. 
And the thing then it was just the next day on the bike and give her a hard push, and, and he did a great job. You know, he did a phenomenal job and pop people off the back. I mean, some serious Tour de France contenders were popping off the back. Um, you guys certainly have a strong team. Um, could we see you actually be maybe more aggressive today than, you know, uh, than respons responsive? No, no. We put everything on Mick. That's for sure. We don't try to get anybody in the breakaway. Uh, Mick deserves that. I mean, he's he's a great leader and he really deserves that. And uh, we try to do everything for him, really. All the focus on him. Congratulations. Have a great day today. Thank you. And so it came down to what was going to happen on the roads in Thousand Oaks, Westlake, and Agura Hills as the riders began their stage heading out toward the Rock Store Climb. A couple of little attacks in the beginning, and then finally a breakaway group formed, and guess who is there once again going for his stage victory? George Hincappy from Team BMC. Now, George was sitting in 18th place at this point, six minutes and three seconds back. Also going off with him once again, Carlos Barreto from Team Quickstep. Yaroslav Popovich from Team Radio Shack was there to obviously protect whatever was going to happen out there on the road and make sure that there were opportunities for Levi Leipheimer if he wanted them. Jeremy Vanell from Team Bissell was there. Thomas Rabu from Team Type 1, who's had a great Amgen tour of California. Also, Oscar Pujol from Team Cervello and Sebastian Langevald from Rabobank. Most of the break stayed away until the final lap of the day, that 21-mile circuit around the rock store climb Mulholland Highway and then back down the descent and it was very unfortunate for Levi Leipheimer that he ended up having a bike issue he had a flat just near the bottom of that climb obviously throwing off his rhythm and tinkering with his plans to try to attack Michael Rogers and Dave Zabriskie and go for broke on the rock store climb. He did eventually make it back to the yellow jersey group who was also chasing down the break and closing down their gap. And then the attacking and counterattacking began, starting by Levi Leipheimer, Michael Rogers marking Levi as he started that attack. Dave Zabriskie almost missed it, eventually bridging back to the two, trying his own attacks even at the summit of the climb. Interesting to note that Zabriskie had Ryder Hedgedahl with him. Uh, Levi Leipheimer had Chris Horner and Popovich with him. Michael Rogers was up there battling alone without a single HTC Columbia teammate in sight. On the way down the twisting descent after that summit near the KOM, Hedgedahl and Horner began to bridge the gap between the yellow jersey group and Hincapi and his escaping companions. Eventually, it was Hincapi, Pujol, Barreto, Horner, and Hedgedahl heading into the finish line together. Hincapi trying desperately to get his stage victory in this year's Amgen Tour of California. By this point, it seemed clear that unless something drastic occurred with Michael Rogers, he would retain the Golden Leaders jersey as Levi Leipheimer and Dave Zabriskie were with him, but they were far behind the break group, and it was now down to one of the five to win the stage. 
Barreto let out. Horner tried to follow. Hedgedal came around him, and Hincapie simply didn't have a chance, and it was Ryder Hedgedal from the Garmin squad winning the stage in 3 hours, 21 minutes, and 56 seconds, followed closely by George Hincapie, Carlos Barreto, and Chris Horner. Fifth place went to Oscar Munoz, sixth to Sebastian Langeveld, seventh to Levi Leipheimer, but he came across in the same time as eighth place Michael Rogers and ninth place Dave Zabriskie. Tenth place went to Yaroslav Popovich, but at the end of the day, it was Michael Rogers coming across the finish line, pumping his arm in victory as the new champion of the Amgen Tour of California and the first non-American champion of the race, Floyd Landis having won the first, Levi Leipheimer the next three, and now Australia's Michael Rogers goes into the history book as the winner of the fifth edition of the Amgen Tour of California. And so this is how the top 10 of the general classification came out at the end of this year's Amgen Tour of California. Once again, Michael Rogers, our champion, in 33 hours, 8 minutes, and 30 seconds. Nine seconds back was Dave Zabriskie in second place. Levi Leipheimer, 25 seconds back from Team Radio Shack in third place. His teammate, Chris Horner, comes in fourth place from Team Radio Shack, one minute, four seconds back. One minute, eight seconds back, Ryder Hedgedahl, the winner of Stage 8. Jens Voigt from Team Saxobank in sixth place, one minute, 44 seconds back. One minute, 58 seconds back from United Healthcare, presented by Maxis, Rory Sutherland in seventh. Eighth place going to Peter Sagan from Team Likigas, having a great Amgen Tour of California, having won two stages here this year. He was two minutes, six seconds back. In ninth place, Janusz Brakovich from Team Radio Shack, two minutes, 42 seconds back. And in 10th place, I'm finally going to pronounce this properly, it was Phil Zajcek. Three minutes, 21 seconds behind, race champion Michael Rogers. The best young rider for this year's Amgen Tour of California and someone who has a bright history ahead of him in stage racing, Peter Sagan from Team Likigas. Our best climber overall this year, Thomas Rabot from Team Type 1. Second place going to George Hincapie, and third going to David Frattini. Fourth place going to Andy Schleck, and fifth to Jason McCartney. And finally, the green jersey for points going to Peter Sagan from Team Likigas. Second place was Michael Rogers. Third was Dave Zabriskie. Fourth, Levi Leipheimer. And fifth, Ryder Hedgedahl. Well, with the fireworks over on the roads, it always turns to the comments of the riders and the directors. First up, we got to hear from George Hincapie, who was obviously going for a stage victory today. Here are his comments about the stage. Uh, the crowds were awesome. I mean, it was definitely Tour de France-ish um, crowds out there running next to us. Uh, seemed like a lot of a lot of them were cheering for for Team BMC and myself, and this was a stage that I had on my radar uh, as soon as I heard about it several months ago, and, um, you know, I came here hoping I could win the stage, but unfortunately it didn't work out, but I gave it everything I had today, so I got to be happy with that. stage was brutal. I mean, they, um, we did, we flew up the climb the first lap. I mean, this, 
outrageous pace. I think there was 15, 20 guys at the top. Um, and then, well, that was good, I think, because uh, for me, I knew that I needed the race to be hard uh, in order to get in a good good breakaway. Um, and I did everything right. I just didn't have uh, the legs to beat Ryder today. He was on a super day, and unfortunately, I couldn't beat him. Here's Ryder Hedgedahl taking us through his stage-winning last kilometer. You know, I was just, you know, once once we, you know, me and Chris made it up to the, the remainder of the break, I knew uh, I definitely had a shot uh, at the win, so I was just focused uh, on giving, you know, getting myself in the right position and uh, giving it everything I had to the line, so it worked out. You know, the team was awesome right from the beginning today and and all week, so to be able to, to win on the last day against a field like this is really a, you know, a big highlight for me. And here are some comments from the man of the day, your new champion of the Amgen Tour of California, Michael Rogers from Team HTC Columbia. It was certainly a very tough, uh, tough day, you know. Uh, we saw from, from lap one, you know, the pace of the race was very high. Garmin attacked very hard. Um, you know, I was just lucky to have um, very uh, two strong riders in TJ Van Garderen and, and Tony Martin, you know, that kind of controlled the race up until the last lap. And, uh, you know, I obviously Radio Shack threw everything they had at me on the, on the last lap and, and then over the top also uh, Garmin again. So, you know, it was a tough day for us, you know, I don't deny that. And i um, so excited to... Uh, <clears throat> to be able to hold on to the golden jersey and win the uh, engine tour of California. Vic was asked about that important last lap when he was all alone with Radio Shack and with Garmin Transitions and how that felt to be left out there all alone. Yeah, certainly it's, it's I mean, uh, it's not, a, wasn't always a perfect situation for me, but, you know, having two guys from Radio Shack and two guys from Garmin. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I just had to to certainly just limit my losses, you know, and, and just make sure uh, first and foremost that Dave or, or Levi didn't get away from me. Um, you know, having uh, a bit of time buffer over Ryder and, and Chris Horn, I was able to let them go, um, which kind of made it more of a three-man race, which was something that I could control a lot easier. Nick was asked about his victory as a whole and which stages he felt were the most important for leading to his ultimate victory. The key stages, I think, were into the climb up Bonnie Doon, the time trial, uh, the mountain stage. I really didn't expect this stage to be so hard. Um, I don't think anyone did, uh, especially, you know, being our last day, usually the last days. You know, not always a walk in the park, but it's kind of not like this either. Um, you know, it was tough out there, and um, it made me sweat to the end. <laughs> and finally, Mick was asked what this victory means to him and to his team. Obviously, riding for HTC Columbia, you know, we're, we're a team that's based here in California, so it's great of great importance to us. Um, I said in, in over the previous days that for, for our team, there's only one race more important than this, and that's the Tour de France. So obviously, you know that this is a, a huge result for us. Uh, also, winning two stages, uh, I think we can really walk away from the 2010 uh, 
engine to a California with big smiles on our faces, and that's what we'll do. And of course, if there's one issue that that threatened to overshadow this year's race, it was the email allegations that came out earlier this week from Floyd Landis. I had the opportunity to drive three laps around this final course with the Peloton, and the number of signs that I saw at stage eight, the number of signs I saw at stage seven, and at stage six, all of them indicating disdain and a lack of support for Floyd Landis. The one that I saw the most on stage eight said Floyd at the top, Landis at the bottom, and in the middle, there was a silhouette of a rat. The other signs that I saw, especially at stage six, uh, both being held and on t-shirts and written on the road. Well, unfortunately, this is a family show. I can't repeat what those said. But both George Hincappy and Mick Rogers were asked about those allegations at the final press conference, neither man really wanting to focus on those allegations in particular, but instead wanting to focus on the positive aspects of cycling in general and the way that cycling has stood head and shoulders above many other sports in its stand against doping and in the things that it does to try to maintain a clean sport. So first, here is George Hincappy, and then your race winner, Michael Rogers, both of them on the topic of doping. But I do, I mean, I would like to say that there isn't anybody um, out there, whether it's, you know, the press, the fans, or um, U.S. Auto Water that wants a clean sport more than me. I mean, I'm out there... uh, suffering day in and day out. I sacrifice everything, my family. Um, you know, I don't see my kids that much. And when I'm home, I'm, I train, you know, five, six, seven hours a day, and it's, I give everything for the sport. Um, so there's nobody out there right now that wants clean cycling more than me. And I believe that, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, cycling should be an example for all sports. And we do more than any anybody any other sport out there and all the sports should uh should look at cycling and see what they do to uh make sport clean there's always going to be people that are going to cheat in life not only in sports but i think cycling has done uh more than any other sport out there listen you know guys um i'm getting actually a little bit sick of all this stuff you know um there's so many great performances, um, and I just hope that the people see them things, you know. Um, the sport's got to get away from negativity. And, and I'm not saying that everyone has to pull their weight, from, from the riders to the management to the race organisers, we all have to do everything we can to get away from the doping issue because it's killing our sport on a commercial side and without commercial dollars, cycling doesn't exist. So, but I'd really like to see some positive things and, 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 and see the people which I think they do, like you saw the amount of people on the climb today, they still love it. And, and, and those are the people that we have to look after. 
Well, after the press conference, JT from Bicycle.net had the opportunity to catch up with Bob Stapleton from Team HTC Columbia. Bob smiling from ear to ear with the way that his team has performed this week. JT caught Bob while the press conference was going on, and we wanted to know not only because this is a home state win, but because of the prestige the Tour of California has gained, how important is this win to him and to his team? Well, this race is just huge for us at every level. I mean, yeah, we're a California team. We're also an American team, and this is really a race I think every enthusiast in North America follows, you know, probably second only to the Tour de France. You know, I think the biggest thing for us is just the confidence it gives Mick Rogers, Mark Cavendish, the leaders in our team, the riders in our team. Uh, headed into the Tour de France. I mean, the teamwork was exceptional, and that's really what sets, sets uh, HCC Columbia apart is how well the guys work together and sacrifice for the overall team victory. With the Tour de France coming up in July, and as Bob said, it being such a pivotal race every year, how does the performance of his team, in particular Michael Rogers and Mark Cavendish and Tony Martin, how does that affect their preparations for the Tour de France, and does it catapult them into contention for this year's race? Yeah, I think this race is was key for preparation for the Tour de France, really for all the riders here. Uh, you know, Tony uh, was third in World Championships in the time trial last year. He was 12 days in the white jersey against Andy Schleck and really quality riders. So, he, but he needed the confidence to know he could ride against the best, and that's why we wanted him to go full full on in a time trial. It might have made sense to have him save some energy for today, but we wanted him to have a chance to win something. Uh, for Mick, this is huge. He, you know, he uh, handled uh, some of the top riders and top teams in the sport quite well. We also saw Cavendish, I think, in good form early in the race, and that sets us up well for the tour. So, you know, each individual rider, this this. Uh, improve them mentally and physically and the way the team operated is another five or ten percent on top of that one of the things you hear from the smaller teams uh, the continental teams here at a race like this when you're going up against international competition is that they're looking to win stages they're looking to win sprints and climbs we're curious about htc columbia's progression from that thinking to the mindset of winning entire stage races? Well, I think for us, we focused early, really on initially as a team two years ago, focusing on winning, just winning anything we could. Smaller races, stages. Uh, then we wanted to progress to win uh, longer stage races. Start to, And we did that last year, won more and more. We won 84 races uh, two years ago, 86 last year. Won about 25 this year. Uh, but we're starting to compete better and better on stage races with our GC riders. So we're always a threat to win a stage. We're, we're deadly competitive in sprints. But now we're showing we can win some stage races and be competitors in, in, in big, big competitive stage races. And that's the, the, right, the exact progression we wanted to make as a team. And as HTC Columbia has progressed from winning stages and sprints to winning stage races, We've noticed that the entire team has taken on uh, quite amount of bravado, quite amount of confidence, uh, swagger in their step, and wondering how that affects the team dynamic day to day. Well, I think you know we really we really celebrate and reward every victory. Every member of the team wins when someone in the team wins, and. Um, it, it is that confidence where you can come into any day of racing and believe that you can do something. You can be a factor in the race. Maybe you can win. And that carries this team. It carries you through times when you don't win. It carries you through 
terrible weather. It carries you through crashes. It carries you through, you know, drama in a sport that you've got no hand in, uh, as as recently with uh, you know uh, the Floyd situation. So that confidence and that belief that you can succeed based on your own hard efforts is the essential part of sports. And these guys live that every day. Bob Stapleton is a well, he's a fixture in professional cycling, and it is great to see him achieving the way that he is with this team this year. Well, that is going to wrap up our coverage of the 2010 Amgen Tour of California. We're going to be back with a regular episode of the Fredcast later this week. That episode and this, both sponsored by Keen Footwear. For more information on Keen's cycling-specific shoes, socks, bags, and all of the great Keen products that will provide you with access to the outdoors and help you live your hybrid life, go to www.thefredcast.com and click on the Keen banner. We thank Keen so much for their support. We thank you for your support of Keen. If you'd like to keep in touch with the Fredcast, Please follow along on Twitter. We're at twitter.com slash fredcast or check out our website where we've posted tons of photos and videos from this year's Amgen Tour of California. That's at www.thefredcast.com. And of course, if you'd like to send us an email, the email address is thefredcast at gmail.com or go ahead and give a call to the Fredcast listener hotline. You can find that at area code 661 513 Fred. That's 661 513 3733. And that leaves us with just one more thing to do today, and that is to bring you our Pod Safe Cycling Music. This week's Pod Safe Cycling Music was chosen specifically for the Fredcast by the Cadence Revolution, your weekly podcast of Pod Safe Music that's perfect for your indoor cycling, available at www.cadencerevolution.com. This week's music is by an artist called Ride Your Bike, how appropriate, and the song is entitled The Connection. As I mentioned, I'll be back later this week with another regular episode of the Fredcast with all sorts of news and interviews and product reviews. I want to thank you for listening, thank you for staying subscribed, and thank you for telling your friends about the Fredcast Cycling Podcast. We'll talk to you again later this week, but between this show and the next, enjoy the music. But most of all, enjoy the ride.
like I'm free now I felt it crawling in my hands When Thailand was still sighing 